A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. In Ireland, we love a good story. And I'm lucky enough to be able to chat to people from all over the world to hear their story and to hear about their life in Dublin. In this podcast, we want to be able to learn from the stories of others so that people who have recently moved to Dublin can get the most out of their time here. So I, I got this coffee this morning from uh, the Good Food Store. It's not actually called the Good Food Store, though. Lots, or is it? Toonbridge. Toonbridge Dairy, just right next to these offices. Um, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but um, I normally order an Americano in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and they give you that. I, I put a little drop of milk in my coffee, always. Mm-hmm. So I... I got the little stainless steel container and you never know whether to press that button on the top of the container or not. Yeah. It, it's a confusing one. But they always, it really pisses me off because they're always the worst milk jokes ever. Like it dribbles out. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if there's a reason behind that, whether it's you're like, they don't want you to take that much milk or what the actual story is with that. But I really think someone should invent a better milk jug for those you know, little coffee pours in coffee stores. I mean, not everybody is as dexterous as you mm-hmm. that can actually manage to work them. Some people who just pour a load of shit. Like, I mean, there's still a load of milk all over the the little area that you kind of, the station. I'm definitely I, not I, dexterous. Nice work, <laughs> nice <laughs> by the mean, way. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah. I have to say, this is just one of the things that only happens in Ireland, I think. Uh, wherever you are in Spain or somewhere mm-hmm. else, you don't typically find these kind of jokes, you know, in bars and cafes. You just ask for it. They put it in for you. Exactly. Yeah. So there's not this kind of self-service part of it. Uh, I wonder which what... Is, which is pretty curious. Yeah, I wonder what that says about Ireland and Irish people that we're trusted to pour our own milk. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's some deep cultural uh, yeah. connections. I don't think yeah. we can. We're really in a position to answer here. On we'll, the we'll, we'll get that. One, <laughs> you know? Get that one in later. Um, we'll get a specialist in. Mm. <laughs> um, we like, but when in Spain, do you have a lot of those little? Uh, ultra heat treated milks, the UHT milks. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's one of the things as well that really surprised me when I arrived in Ireland. Uh, the fact that th- in Spain there is no no such thing as fresh milk. Mm. You don't typically find it in supermarkets. It's not something that you go into a supermarket and you just go ahead and grab milk, right? You know, mm. the first time when I arrived here, and that was uh, it's about to be four years now. It just the fact that the milk was fresh, all of the milk was fresh, and there was so many brands as well of fresh milk. Yeah. It really surprised me. Yeah. The next thing that surprised me is the taste. Obviously, it's, you know, night and day uh, yeah, when yeah. you're used to just milk that it's sitting, uh, you know, obviously not cold, not hot, just in the supermarket. It's like lukewarm milk. Exactly. Yeah, you have to be careful of the smell as well. Yeah. Right? I've, I've been told that by people who come here, they're not used to fresh milk, mm. where, you know, you leave it in the fridge too long or out of the fridge, more likely too long. And if you don't smell it, yeah, obviously milk, sour milk mm. can make you extremely sick. Um, so I remember, you know, I've had heard stories from, from students and that before of, you know, nightmare stories of just like vomiting for 24 hours because of bad milk. Yeah. Mm. Um, that's the benefit of having the UHD stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, lasts a little bit longer. Mark, thanks a million for being here. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, I'd love to be here. Yeah. Um, you, you've got an interesting story. I think you've got really involved in life here. Um, mm. It's one of the things that I noticed since I first met you is you were making an active part to, or effort to get really involved in life, whether it's kind of discovering Wicklow I know that you, you you fell in love with Wicklow like quite soon after you came here you know with the bikes and, and yeah. hiking and and that sort of thing um how long have you actually been here hmm. so I landed here um October uh 1990 no sorry I landed here February uh 19 okay uh, so it's about to be four years uh in kind of four months more or less from now mm-hmm so yeah, that's 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 how how it all started. It started from pretty much in everywhere I've been. Uh, I think, and this comes from pretty much my family, right? We've uh, we are quite a small family, um, and everywhere we go, we just try to we just try to integrate as much as possible, and that's something we we really have engraved. Mm. Um, for me, jumping uh, jumping from Spain to here, where where I had pretty much a comfortable job. Yeah, was was a hard decision, but something that I that I took, you know, really kind of uh, really kind of serious, uh, and I knew that once I was you know t- to land in Dublin, I would pretty much put my hundred percent effort on just doing whatever I need to do just to be comfortable here and make a life in here as well, because you know it's just it's just different to make a life in Spain that isn't that in Ireland. If if it was a hard decision for you, why did you choose to take it? Mm. There was a there was a couple of things, but pretty much uh, th- the first one that uh, you know that really kind of pushed me to actually move out, out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. um, was work. Um, obviously, I think, and especially on, on people from you know twenty to thirty years old, work is one of the main things, right? And and, and we just really, at least people that have some eagerness to succeed, or people people to have you know some kind of uh, desire to do well. 
um, they try to do things to get towards that uh, that angle, you know, more quicker. And for me, um, the quickest path was pretty much come to Ireland, uh, which was a tech hub and still mm-hmm. is, you know, one of the biggest tech hubs in, in Europe. Um, and to get out of uh, the financial life that I was having in, in, in Spain. I was working in a bank, pretty comfortable, uh, but I needed to get out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, and Ireland was that leap. Um, it, like most people, I'd say, who come here for professional reasons, they come more for experience with the language and that type of thing. Um, I don't know what you're like. You, you seem to speak English almost as well as we do. Um, so you obviously, I imagine, had a pretty good level before you came to to Ireland. I, I don't know. I was actually, you know, I think English wasn't really a thing that uh, that for me was easy to to you know to, to speak back in the day, back when I was a kid. Mm. Uh, it just really interested me and triggered me, you know, in back in school. It triggered me so much actually, and this just goes as well with pretty much my entrepreneurial uh, life, pretty much, uh, mm. that, or the approach that I have into everything. Um, that when I was going to English school, and that was pretty much a couple of English courses that I was doing yeah. uh, after school, um, I actually partnered with my teacher mm. to build uh, an English school just tailored and made for professionals. Uh, yeah, that, that, that made me kind of a big exposure into, you know, what English language was, uh, how English, how how important English was as well, you know, for everybody that wants to succeed quicker, um, and I think that's the kind of you know trigger as well. Apart from that, uh, the fact that I was able to travel to Ireland, I was able to travel to uh, to the UK as well yeah. uh, for, for for quite some time, just to you know develop another part of the business, which was uh, a board stays for like companies and stuff like that. Um, that that's that's what I think made me made me get uh, a relatively good level of English. What advice would you give? Because this is actually a question that one of our our listeners asked us uh, Mm -hmm. to ask people who come on the show, because I guess there's a lot of people who would like to come on the show, but they're like, oh, it's an interview in English. I don't know how confident I'd feel to do that. And I'd be like, but your English is is absolutely perfect. And they said, yeah, but I know that my English is really good, but I still don't have the confidence that it's good or to do something like a podcast with native English speakers. what advice would you give to someone maybe who who has a really good level of English but suffers from a lack of confidence with it? I think for me the, the advice is, is not such an advice but just to kind of you know look back onto you uh, and look back at things that you do on on your everyday that uh, more or less for you come natural. For example yesterday I was having a conversation with one of my friends that wants to change from uh, being a physio to actually uh, landing a career and starting a career in sales um, and he was really doubtful of, you know, and he had that pretty much imposter syndrome of mm. just jumping onto yeah. sales, you know, how difficult it will be for him to actually do it, right? And just three days earlier than that, um, he is starting a hobby, which is pretty much bonsai, you know, and he's, uh, you know, he have these bonsais now, mm. he's watched 300 or more, you know, YouTube videos about, you know, how, how to make a bonsai. And I, and I told him, look... You mean like a bonsai tree? A bonsai tree, yeah. And I said growing them exactly, and I and I said and designing them and saw because it's pretty intricate thing. It is, yeah. And 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 so basically, what I said to him: Look, sales is no different than uh, for you to just you know think what you do naturally and good. Because if I ask them, if I ask him now about just doing a bonsai, he'll pretty much explain me a hundred percent how it is, and he will you know he will sell it to me pretty well. So I said, it's the same thing you're doing natural now because you like that. 
but applied to a product that you don't necessarily like. I think mm. English is pretty much the same thing, right? Mm. And just being uncomfortable in situations is pretty much the same thing as uh, that, that you can equal to different parts of things. Yeah. You know, you go into your shopping every day, right? Yeah. And you just go into a mode that you pretty much do not notice that you mm. go in there, right? You go into kind of an automatic mode. Yeah, a fugue state, like, yeah. Exactly, exactly. It's yeah. the same thing. It's pretty much the same thing. You know, that's applicable. Speak for yourselves, guys. I'm a fucking machine in the supermarket. Are you, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember every single moment of being in that no, supermarket? No, 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 I'm, jo- I'm joking, joking, joking. Oh, yeah, nice. it's a really good point. Yeah, I, I never looked at it that way. And good advice, I think, for anybody. Well, functional, functionality, like, I mean, exactly. what, are you, what are you trying to achieve when you talk to someone? Mm. Um, you know, yeah, obviously, you can add in your own flavor from yeah. your own language, and people don't really care yeah. as long as they understand, me want food, or something like that, the most basic structure of anything. Exactly. And we'll get people will understand it in whatever language. Yeah, I've always said that, um, like, to people learning like we've grown up with with high exposure to not just you know because Ireland's become more more, more multicultural and multicultural but I, I was like from watching sport like I'm a Liverpool supporter and you know Gerard Houllier was the manager then Rafa Benitez and I used to I watch still almost watch nearly every press conferences of, of the manager mm. and Rafa Benitez did not have good English but I never thought Rafa Benitez doesn't have good English I just listened to the Liverpool football manager. Yeah. I wasn't thinking, God, his English is terrible. No. I might have thought one time, I was like, oh, that was like, it's funny the way he says that. But I never, I never was criticizing him because of his English. I was just like, that's just the way it is. Mm. And he got his point across all the time. That's it. Uh, he knew what he wanted to communicate, you know, yeah. and he was comfortable when communicating that. Yeah. Even though the English level was not at the level that you normally kind of understand out of, uh, you know, somebody that's having a big football team yeah. underneath him. Yeah. So you came, you made a decision. It was a, a little bit of a difficult decision, but it was it was kind of career focused to come yeah. here. Did you come here um, with a job already set up or... No, uh, and that was that was the that was the other the other thing that I that I had in mind. You know, when I thought about jumping out of my comfort zone, right? Uh, for me, doing that and doing it well was to pretty much quit my job in Spain and then come to Ireland without it. That was me trying to push myself, you know, beyond my limits. Okay. Because I know a lot of people that comes here, you know, comes here with jobs. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it's, it's, it's easier than, you know, it's... Uh, I'm not saying that you should come here without a job, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, if you can, you know, get a job before coming here yeah. because it's, it's relatively... Well, it's very expensive to, uh, to live in mm-hmm. here. Yeah, I think so. But... Uh, no, I never knew that. No. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, if you if you if you take the leap, you know, and decide to come without without something, then it's when you realize and you try to integrate yourself much more into society, mm-hmm. because you know you need to integrate into society to be able to uh, to mix in and, and just get something right. Yeah, because the, the, you know the runway it's 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 getting shorter and shorter, right? So yeah. you need to make the best use out of that runway you have when yeah. coming to Ireland. And that runway is defined by how much money you come here with. Yeah, big time. Um, it, the really, it's interesting that you you kind of stressed a few times that you're you wanted to push yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, was it is it something that you constantly look to do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> since when uh, and why? Because being in your comfort zone is great. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yeah. uh, I suppose. Um, 
I don't know. It just you know, ever since uh, I've 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 always done it. Uh, maybe it was something that came you know for me from school. Maybe uh, or I, I just can't recall a single moment you know that it was okay. This is when things started to change. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but just the way in we I just felt comfortable when being into these kind of situations, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's what you know. That's what what, what I've been having ever since uh, and every time and this is funny enough because a lot of you know my friends here will will tell me this as well um i just i tend to change it, not careers but maybe jobs uh c- quite rapidly uh, now mm. I, now i come to it to, to a place where i'm where i'm happy uh and mm. when you know i know i'm going to be for, for a certain time in this project but uh but um yeah it, it just you know when i feel comfortable in a position i just try to get my, myself as well kicked in the butt you know and yeah. uh, just looking for something else look for um, I think I think a lot of people face the same problem that you know they get comfortable and they think comfort is kind of what they need mm. and then they feel maybe a little a little unfulfilled and they don't know what to do next but once you kind of reach that comfortable state just to kind of keep moving mm. keep, keep going on and try and find somewhere that's going to stimulate you and keep you challenged for longer mm, because yeah. you know you, you'll be challenged in a lot of things if you start an easy job you know it's going to be challenging until you get the hang of it mm-hmm. but it's if the job keeps you challenged enough over a longer period of time it's it's what keeps you motivated to keep going back and because when you get comfortable you let standards drop I guess you have to be challenged I think I remember this when I was when I was teaching um, in you know, a pretty big school here in Dublin. And um, I was about to be observed the next day. You get, you'd get observed maybe twice per year in that school. Um, maybe a little bit more if you're lucky or unlucky or whatever you want to, however you want to look at it. Um, and I'd been teaching a few years at this point and I did my normal preparation. I knew who was going to observe me. I knew more or less what it would be like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's supposed to be like the most nerve-wracking it is. Anytime anybody's watching you do anything and being, you know, they're actively looking to criticize you, it always makes you a little bit nervous. Mm. But I, I, I it, was a, it was a big night out at the time because uh, I'm explaining that badly, but it was one of my favorite things was happening in Dublin the night before, which is to watch Die Hard before Christmas. Used to be on in the Sugar Club, you get a few cans, they'd let you bring in your own beers for this. Um, or maybe at this particular point they were selling beers within uh, the Sugar Club but anyway it's great it's loads of fun you go you watch Die Hard the movie it's a great Christmas movie everybody knows it and then you go out for a few beers afterwards so long story short I ended up out till about 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning and then I went straight in like to this observation my only uh, (laughs) objective was to not smell like alcohol uh, and to not be late like Mm. Doing well in the observation had now long, I'd like, no way I'm actually going to do well in this. Um, and then I think because I was so focused on just like n- not like puking, not vomiting in the middle of the classroom, I actually did really well because I wasn't nervous at all. My main focus was on physical symptoms of distress. <laughs> <laughs> but then afterwards, like I, I had the meeting with the guy who observed me and he was like, yeah, you did. That was fantastic. That was That was really, really good. And then... I kind of left going, what a joke. <laughs> like, I should have been fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, and then I also realized I'm not taking this seriously anymore. Yeah. I need to change. I need to do something else. Um, so that's an extreme example of maybe feeling that too much comfort 
or maybe not even comfort is the right word, but just not caring mm-hmm. about the end results of what you're doing. I think it's really important in, in your career to, for me anyway, some people are happy enough to go in and just do whatever, but to actually care about what your work is. Um, I know that you're working in, it sounds like, an amazing team of people at the moment, but you didn't come straight into that. So your first job when you got to Dublin, what was it? So my first job uh, was on a on a software company for travel, uh, which is called Carstroller. Okay. Um, I certainly have, I think, just one. You know, the best memories that I have from Ireland um, are pretty much from from Carstroller. I think. Okay. Uh, at least you know work memories. I do have really good memories now in the you know in the company that I'm in now. But the memories that I had there were really you know really kind of stuck me because. It was such a different culture from the culture that I used to have in Spain, in you know, while working in a corporate work, job, work environment, like yeah, yeah. So you know, the first week I arrived, I, I just started there, um, and it was it, don't get me wrong, it was kind of a sales development representative, just you know, pretty much on the phone lines, uh, dealing with reservations for uh, American customers, mm-hmm. uh, customers from you know Ireland, Holland, uh, whatever. So it was a pretty random job. It wasn't, yeah. you know, the best of jobs, obviously. But I remember that the first uh, when we ended the first week, um, and a lot of people was was Irish in that company as well, mm. which was one of the things that I wanted to get into. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I remember when when finishing up, uh, we just went to the pub, uh, and that Friday was a, a pretty much uh, an open bar. So we had open bar on the pub in front of, uh, of of my workplace. So just think about it. That, that was my first. So that, well, that was the second week for me in Ireland. I start on a job. The first thing we do when we finish the first week, just go to the pub mm. and get totally wasted, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah. And totally wasted with the CEO, <laughs> with, you know, everybody. Right? Yeah. And it's it's a company of certain size. Don't get me wrong. It's about, you know, 500 employees, more or less. Wow. So it's not it's not small by any means, no. but it, it just goes to show how Irish companies, you know, and companies that are built in Ireland uh, and maybe you know founded by Irish people, um, are so different in culture. And maybe you know I was lucky and I ended one I ended in one that was really good, uh, but um, I certainly had the same experience in the company that I'm now, which is Irish as well startup and just you know uh, led by irish people mm. yeah so that's something that really struck me in the beginning um i don't know if this is the case in other places as well but my, my if i was to hazard a guess i would say that people in ireland or irish people generally i mean obviously they're looking for talented people people with skills etc but i think something that's really important for them is that if we go to work together or if we're going to work together or do business together i kind of have to enjoy spending time with you or enjoy talking to you mm. is also really important and if there's a guy who i enjoy talking to and a guy with the same skills who i don't enjoy talking to i know who i'm gonna work with it's like a, it's a no-brainer because at the end of the week if you want to go for a beer you probably don't even want to talk about work mm. you want to talk about barcelona madrid you want to talk about stupid stuff mm. um because if you're just consumed all that, I think, I, I don't know if you agree with that, Ross, anyway, it's just if you're consumed all the time in that one place and that one thing that you have to do, it can be a bit overwhelming. Yeah, it's a bit like, uh, it's, it's just a bit repetitive and a bit kind of drawn out. Uh, and it's great if you have good, if you have good work colleagues, you know, the job can be so easy. And 
it can also be a major problem for moving jobs. Do you know? Maybe you're if we're if we're tired in the job, or if we got into that comfortable place that we were talking about earlier, and then you're like, I know I need to move on, but I also have quite a quite a great bunch of workmates. Yeah. And you know, I have I enjoy coming into work the whole time. Do I want to move on, or do I want to kind of just do this just because I I get to hang out with cool people? So. You you said that you were quite changeable. Either you swap jobs quite often. Uh, what's uh, what's made you slow down and keep you here for four years and not maybe go somewhere else to find another, you know. Uh, oh, I, ch- I, ch- like I changed into a couple of companies here as well. Yeah, uh, okay. I, I did. Uh, what made me slow down now? It's the it's uh, the fact that I found a project which fulfill me, mm-hmm. um, and I think you know the the thing that I wanted. Uh, in this kind of project in which I could stay maybe for, I don't know, two, five years, right? And I think it, it changed a lot, right? The the, 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 mar- the market and pretty much the scenario where we are now, uh, people don't stay in the same company for 20 odd years mm-hmm. or for, you know, 30 yeah. years. It's, it's some, it, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. It just doesn't happen, right? But, uh, you know, people tell, tend to, st- to stay a lot of time in a company as well if they are, if they're, they feel happy if they have you know work good good colleagues and stuff uh, and, a, and a good culture as well mm. but um for me it was just about to find a project in which i could be closer to what i was doing in spain when i founded my company right scaling it up mm-hmm. and and just you know it's the same company but your work changes as well you could be just developing the you know the go-to-market strategy one day and the next day you know after a year, you could be just leading a team mm-hmm. and just, you know, and just scaling up that team and then, you know, leading kind of a part of the company and just scaling up that part of the company. Uh, so it's different jobs within the same organization. Something that on corporates, you tend to not, uh, it's not as easy, let's say, mm. to move up the ladder. And the company that you're in now is a startup. Are you involved in starting it up or not did really you join the team? I'm joined the team. I mean, uh, when I came in, uh, it was. Um, and by the way, you know, for anybody listening to it, uh, we have positions open, uh, so <laughs> and it's a great place. Uh, but um, yeah, when, when I when I started up, uh, it was uh, it was pretty much. I think it was employee number sixty-eight or sixty-nine, the magic okay. number. So uh, I was, uh, yeah, <laughs> the magic, number. <laughs> the magic number. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I, I started, uh, you know, early enough, uh, mm. and now we're next to uh, next to seven hundred employees oh, a year and a half oh. later. Yeah, oh quick scaling. Uh, what, what, what does your company at the moment do? Like the one that you work with now? It's fintech, so uh, pretty much we, and, and that's another part that I love, uh, you know, that I enjoy about it. Financial technology, is that what you Exactly, mean? yeah. Okay. So the product we sell, it's, uh, we pretty much sell, um, we pretty much help entrepreneurs and people that have, you know, that are opening up an e-commerce or have an e-commerce store scale up. So you like to s- synergize the workplace by adding in a bunch of uh, solutions to business strategies and marketing. Pretty you know? much. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, what what does a, an average day look like? Uh, I wouldn't say it have any structure, even though I try to make it onto a structure. I think mm-hmm. in structuring your day is very, it's very important, don't get me wrong. Um, it's very difficult for me to have structure in the day. Uh, for me, my day will look like um, waking up at like 7 a.m., uh, having a coffee, I'm a bit picky with that. Uh, mm-hmm. I like to have filtered coffee, just something that I really enjoy. Um, I uh, actually discovered as well 3FE, which is a mm, subscription yes, yeah. for coffee, uh, yeah. and, and they send you different beans and stuff at home. Great business model. It is, it mm. is. It, 
coffee is one of these rabbit holes, you know, and we could get talking about these mm. for, for hours and hours. <laughs> um, so, um, so you get your 3FE filtered coffee. Exactly. Uh, then I get into my... What kind of jug do you have to pour? Do you take it with milk? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like milk in my coffee. Okay, uh, yeah. I like it midday, uh, mm-hmm. but not, not in the morning. Um, okay. And then I just uh, grab my electric scooter and go to work uh, okay, uh, in Bagot Street. So that's, 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 that's how it starts. How many coffees per day do you have? I used to have a bit more. Mm, now I'm having two. Okay. The one, that I have, yeah, the yeah. one that I have in the morning and then uh, I go for, for the flat white midday. Yeah. I think it, like I've had to take a little, even though I had a coffee this morning, this is me having a break from coffee. Um, it's just not a break, but um, sometimes whatever it is, I think it's particularly if I'm not exercising, like if I have two or three coffees a day is which I, what I would normally have. I get the the shakes, the um, but I, if I exercise or if I'm doing physical work, I don't get it. It's weird, isn't it? Um, probably just, it's like dogs getting the zoomies, you know, when they go, <laughs> 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 it's just probably just a built up kind of yeah, yeah. of energy. You can compare me to a dog, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> you're cuddly and you, you like to lick things on the floor. <laughs> um, um, come here, I'm interested, to, like, it, it seems to be going really, really well for you professionally here, and that's that's great. Um, I heard someone talking about the other day this idea of people's third place. Mm. Um, we have our home, we have our work, and then what people maybe struggle with these days is their third place. So uh, we spoke to Marjorie a, a couple of weeks ago. It's going to be released, I think, on the podcast in, in a few days. But um, she spoke about you know religion and stuff like that. Um, it's not her third place anymore, but it was a community for her. Um, in the sense that she had her family, she had her work, and then she had a community, which for her was at that time uh, church. Um, it might be sport for some people. It might be going to the pub for other people. What's your, or would you say that you have a, a third place in Dublin? I love that idea, by the way. Uh, mm. I, I've never heard of it, but I really mm. like it. Uh, yeah, it, I think sports is my third place. Mm. And, 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 and yeah pretty much sports is my third place um, I'm having trouble finding time these days to uh, to get into sports as I, as I used to do before uh, mm. but it definitely is it definitely is my third place what, it, type, of, what type of sports do you like playing so I, ta- I, I, I like everything that puts me on a <laughs> on a challenge uh, yeah. physical challenge so uh, I used to do a lot of cycling before uh, road cycling uh, I did mountain biking as well um, and then n- now it's uh, just uh, just going to just going to the gym and just you know trying to hit that session you know that make you disconnect uh, yeah. out of, out of your daily routine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I tried this thing and that I'm uh, I'm kind of getting a really into it now, which is um, you know Wim Hof, uh, the Dutch yeah. guy that likes you know cold water cold and all water that. Yeah. So uh, so I go to Westwoods and and they have a cold bath. Uh, mm. And for me, it's kind of a routine now every day, mm-hmm. uh, and I and I and I and I am really enjoying it. To be honest, yeah. it helps me disconnect a lot. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning, it was a bit difficult to, to be honest uh, to, to get in the cold water for a long time, uh, but yeah. now I'm finding it easier and easier and easier and easier. And that I can compare to certain things in life as well. Yeah. Uh, and them just make, just become a bit easier to uh, you know confront once you you know you've you've been challenged and you. You've been able to succeed, which you know, yeah. kind of a metaphor for me. Speaking of like, uh, you like you like sports. So, have you tried the adventure of swimming in the Irish Sea? I did. Yeah. I did. Uh, I did, and I really like it. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. when on summertime, 
well, if you can't consider it summer uh, compared to Spain, but on summertime. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> yeah, going crap all over our summer. No, so no, 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 no. <laughs> no. No, no, so uh, I, I like to go to Dunlory. Uh, there's a bathing mm. place um, in 40 foot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. Did uh, you jump in off the 40 foot? I do, yeah, yeah. I do. I really like it. Yeah, cool, great. Yeah. The, the Wim Hof thing is, is brilliant as well. Mm. Um, I got into that years ago um, just from watching a documentary on him or then somebody else. It was actually, of course, uh, it was a podcast I was listening to or he was on a podcast. Um, and at first I thought this is a load of crap because uh, he, you know, how do I, you just think it's the guy, right? You think it's, he's this really charismatic guy and he like, he climbed Mount Everest in his shorts um, and you're like, oh, there's no amount of breathing methods or cold water swims that's going to make me ever do that or want to do that or be able to do that. But if you then kind of look at some of the other conversations he's had with, let's say, more normal people, um, it's really it's really interesting stuff. And then the kind of the results that I've heard it have with people going through. I know some people have gone through tough times in terms of losing people and they've started doing that Wim Hof stuff and I just found it really helpful getting them kind of balanced, giving that focus or, as you say, just kind of resetting or refreshing the mind. I think that's where it's actually really beneficial. And someone who hasn't checked it out, um, if you Google his name, it's W-I-M-H-O-F or H-O-F-F, I can't remember. Um, I'm sure you'll, you'll get what you're looking for, but I think it's, it's actually some, it's really cool. Um, and also it's really good for um, your just general health so I do like a cold shower most days thankfully and touch wood I haven't really been sick in a really long time really long time and I used to always get colds always um, and my immune system like I'll get something every now and then but then it goes away yeah can't can't deal with a cold shower in the morning I've tried it like you know you do it once or twice and I tried it as well it's I'm not a, I'm not a huge week uh, yeah I'm not a huge week. fan um I, I like it but I like it more when w- once you have you had sport uh, yeah mm. and the shock is even harder then well sometimes in the morning it can be really hard if you you know went yeah. to the pub last night whatever yeah uh, but, uh, <laughs> but after sports it is uh it is something you know that have for me just much more sense because you know mm. you're 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 you know you're getting your physique up to the level it should be quicker mm. uh, and there's a lot of you know even power lifter, power lifters um, people that do rugby and stuff uh, yeah. that do it very regularly yeah. very yeah. very regularly it's a continued yeah. idea of like high intensity kind of exactly. might as well just do it hard instead of long. but it also helps like your muscles recover faster and stuff like that apparently um, I'm actually going to Norway the first week of November just to kind of do this. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, apart from this, you know, a couple of things more. But uh, I want to try, you know, this kind of sauna and then jumping onto the Norwegian Sea. Yeah, okay, cool. So I did it in, in Copenhagen. You feel phenomenal afterwards. I did it for an hour. More or less, you spend, you jump into the sea like three times and you're back and forth into the sauna. Um, by the way, I thought the sea, and it could have been just like the adrenaline or whatever, I thought it was colder here in Ireland was than it? it was there, but it just could have been the location where I jumped in because I don't think Copenhagen, there's not much of a flow there. It's just kind of almost just sitting what, what water. What time of the year it was? Uh, it, was it was Halloween. It was just right. after. It was in November. 
yeah so maybe actually it would be colder in like february or that kind of time i don't know but uh oh god like if i could do that every week if we had the facilities to do that every week here i would absolutely love to you would be outstanding I yeah think. Uh, it talk about a detox and just yeah. feeling better afterwards yeah brilliant yeah so like i mean you've been here four years you've kind of jumped from job to job and uh, you do a lot of uh, sports activities and uh, you've kind of learned a little bit of Irish culture and what what are the bits that you're kind of like okay this this isn't the best way to do things or this is I kind of wish these things are a little bit different about Ireland like you can call them negatives you can call them observations it doesn't really matter I mean what do you think kind of comes to yourself and you find yeah I wish things like this works better for Ireland hmm. um there's, uh, you know, by no means Ireland is perfect. By no means Spain is perfect, you know. Mm. Um, and I think it's, it's it's difficult to say that, as, you know, a certain country is perfect. You always be able to pick, you know, pick and, and choose things that you don't really like. And these maybe are things that I don't like myself, but other people enjoy. Uh, but well, maybe they do not enjoy that that much. But I think there's um, the road infrastructure of Ireland and the public transport in Ireland are a big things that could be changed yeah. um, and that's on my on my kind of you know idea and, and, and vision I think there's no steps uh, being made uh, to actually do a major change in the short on the short term uh, on those on those two things and I think those are the main things that help uh, a country and a city like Dublin scale up mm. much quicker than it actually is scaling up, rather than just building a bunch of housing, you know, uh, on, on the south of Dublin, on the totally north of agree. Dublin, whatever. Uh, because you need to be able to make transport easy as well at the same time. Mm -hmm. And if you want to just, you know, be a, a sustainable city as well, you need to build a good infrastructure, road infrastructure, and obviously, you know, made it adapted as well to kind of electric cars, electric vehicles, mm -hmm. uh, and just kind of all the kind of, you know, this electric movement that's coming in. My dream would be if there was some kind of, you know, fast train or something to the west of Ireland. Like, imagine having, like, get really fast access to the west of Ireland. Like, if I could get to Dublin in 45 minutes from the west of Ireland, I'm not even sure that's possible, but let's say an hour, uh, on some type of bullet train or whatever. You'd be outside. I, I, like, so be, many like, people I, would I, live there. Like, I'm laughing 100%. at myself in my own head so at how ridiculous the idea of having a bullet train is just never going to happen. We're just not capable of having nice things here. <laughs> so, I mean, so, some people is living, some people live just, you know, 20 kilometers out of the city center mm -hmm. uh, of Dublin. And it takes them an hour and a half to get there. Yeah, yeah. You know? when I was getting the bus, I, lived, uh, I moved back uh, from Asia in 2019. And uh, I more or less lived with my sister outside of Dublin getting an hour and a half on the bus to get in I mean back then fair enough it was fairly crap they have kind of gone towards the bus connect routes so there's a lot more cross city buses rather than up and down buses and I think they have a deal done essentially that 2025 should be the metro should be yeah. this is sorry I shouldn't make that noise start. but yeah I mean, these are the things that you're told and you've heard them before at different points, but, you know, we'll I remember we'll learning see. that about we'll in, in school. It was in my geography book in school that we were going to have a metro to the airport. I finished school in 2007. 
it's now 2023 and we still they're still talking about having a metro yeah. to the airport it's kind of pathetic but anyway but uh, the, the fact that you said there you know in the beginning you know to have a fast connection to the west of ireland or i think this is such an important thing mm. because and it's such an important thing for the people that comes here from mm. spain people that comes here from germany from ne the netherlands i'm sure you ask a lot of these people that maybe have been three years here and you tell them you know you've been in whatever westport or you've been in uh, you know Achille island or you've been in uh, just you know Donegal or whatever nobody of these people have ever been there mm. because the public transport is not up to the level that you know they will enjoy yeah. back in the netherlands mm -hmm. uh, back in germany and as well if they want to maybe rent a car it's a difficult way to do it you know there's a lot of limitations to it if you want to own a car there's, you know, a, a lot of limitations to it as well. Yeah. You don't really have a way to park. And, you know, these people doesn't have sight of what, it, of what Ireland is as a whole. And I think this is such an important piece for, you know, the Irish government to showcase everybody that comes to the country that Ireland is not just Dublin. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a yeah, lot more Greece, uh, which is Greece. much more beautiful than Dublin. Uh, well, I think uh, this is, I was having a conversation um, about this with somebody else the other day and um, like, the multicultural aspect of, of Dublin, it's not just Dublin, of, of Ireland, is, is definitely, I think, giving us as, uh, as a country more confidence. It's not just that, but um, we spoke before about Ireland, you know, after independence, looking with one eye to their, you know, left um, in terms of the states and one eye to the right in terms of the UK of how we should do things here it's kind of like when you know that makes sense mm -hmm. you know when we're first forming a government we're like well how does everybody else do it and um, these guys seem to be doing it pretty well let's take some models from them I think we're starting to take off the stabilizers at this point and it's at this point that I feel Ireland is choosing a direction or we need to choose a direction of where we want to go who we want to be and the old although it's sometimes feels sad and you get sense of nostalgia that the old Ireland is gone in terms of Cade Mila Falcha, 100,000 welcomes like we're still very friendly people but it's not like it was in the past I think a lot of Americans that come back to Ireland are expecting something different these days they come back and see Dublin as a super multicultural place as you say there's like the Silicon Dock or <laughs> the docks where you have these big tech sectors it's not like the smoky pub kind of Asher it'll be grand anymore there's that aspect of ireland still exists of course and it'll always be there um but i also think there's a sense of the new irish mm. there's kind of younger people um in 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 ireland that are and also kind of other cultures within ireland as well which are kind of coming together and having the confidence to choose a new direction i think that's pretty exciting um and i think people like you are a part of that you're obviously part of a big company here an Irish startup um, and I think that's a fantastic thing like you're taking your experience from Spain bringing it over here you're connecting Spain to Ireland because I'm pretty sure that your company for example has a Spanish you know deals with the Spanish market as well so it's it's really putting in roots of a globalized culture within Dublin and we, I think we need to be very grateful for that because without it let's be honest Ireland would be absolutely up shit creek like we don't have enough infrastructure to have like exports and stuff like that. So we're really relying on these tech sectors and 
and other things to to help boost the economy here. Um, we'll we'll finish up soon enough, but you integrated what seems seems to me quite seamlessly into life here. You said at the beginning that you you took it seriously and you're really good at it. Something that your family is, you know, takes pride in. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is just about to move to Dublin? Let's not talk too much about accommodation or anything like that, but actually getting into Irish culture or maybe even just trying to understand it. What advice would you would you say to them? Um, to chop on the Ryanair flights, uh, they're fairly cheap. Uh, <laughs> that's the first thing. Um, and then try to mix in uh, with people that you will not... Uh, feel comfortable mixing it, uh, mixing in, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And when I say that, it's pretty much Irish people. Uh, try, mm. try to mix in with them. Uh, try to pick their brains a lot, uh, mm. especially when you're starting up here. And ask as many questions as you know uh, as, as, as you want to ask. Don't, don't just keep it to yourself and think that you're just gonna do great uh, because it's completely wrong. Um, you need to understand how the society works. You need to be really open about it. You need to have. Uh, you know, interesting conversations where uh, you're pretty much asking and uh, the other party is, is responding. Uh, and then just try to, you know, try to be, you know, friends with them. Just hang out with them uh, and and push yourself out of your comfort zone of, you know, being at home on the weekends uh, or just being at home on weekdays and mix in a bit, uh, you know, a bit more. Because Irish people um, are really good at mixing in and really good at, at accepting somebody else. Uh, which I think it's not usual on many cultures. Mm. Um, and definitely, if you know, if you take advantage of that, I'm sure uh, that you'll see great results uh, and much quicker results uh, than you will have anywhere else in the world. Yeah, that's really cool. Good advice. Uh, what would be your, uh, I guess, I mean, we kind of said third place before this, but like the best place for a new person to, to see when they come to Dublin? We're not talking about like the storehouse and and the Hapenny Bridge and stuff, but something that you found yourself to be kind of unique and what you think more people should know about. Hmm. I think um, explore the different parks that uh, the Dublin have, hmm. uh, and be up to date to whenever a market is happening. Uh, for example, in Stonybatter up on Sunday or in Dunlory on Saturday, and just try to go to those places where hmm. is where you'll find the original people from Ireland rather than just going to Temple Bar, right? Yeah. Um, I pretty much never go to Temple Bar, to be honest, even though it's a lovely and, and a really nice yeah. place, right? Uh, but just try to look for these places that, tip, you know, Irish people will go to, you know, on, on when, when they want to disconnect and when, to, when they want to try some, some, something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and apart from Dublin, if you're going to go out of Dublin, uh, pretty much everywhere you go will be absolutely stunning uh, and beautiful. Um, so rent a car and just you know explore. Get uh, outside. I, I think that's that's the best thing to do on you know weekends, uh, and especially when you have those nice bank holidays. Which in Spain they don't change. In Ireland you change and they put it on Monday and stuff to make the week the the, the weekend a bit longer. Yeah. Um, so do explore. That's, yeah. that's you know. One quick one to finish your your coffee, uh, coffeeholic. <laughs> I don't know if I just made that up, but uh, your favorite cafe in Dublin, or uh, one of them? Maybe that's too difficult a question to ask. One of your favorite cafes here? Uh, that's a difficult one. Um, there are so many, and all of them are so good uh, mm. that it's difficult to pick one. I will pick maybe three FE uh, in Ranelagh. It's very good. 
uh, bear market in uh, Baggage Street. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's pretty it's pretty good as well. Uh, but every every coffee shop um, that you find in in Dublin will be really good. I think that the specialty coffee movement in Ireland really dicked really 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 heavily to be honest yeah uh and that's such a wonderful thing because yeah. uh, every cafe pretty much you go you you'll meet really interesting people you'll have an insane cup of coffee uh, yeah. like whatever you choose it will be really good um so yeah every every pretty much every coffee shop uh will be will be outstanding here yeah brilliant mark it's been a pleasure talking to you thanks so oh, much for coming in. I, re- I really appreciate it um thanks everybody for listening Ross, thank you very much. Yeah, boom. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.